0: Turn on the Jets Film Room. Starring Joe Blue. We overpursues has to dive at the ankles, which he does sometimes too much. Providing you comprehensive film study on the New York Jets. Howell sees that deep playside gaps so are clogged up. That was a really impressive play right there. That's that's like the little stuff you see on film. Turn on the Jets film room is now in session. <laughs> And you are listening to the fifth edition of Turn on the Jets Film Room, even though this is the sixth one I recorded, and I actually recorded two times. To- this is my third time today I actually recorded before, for like a half an hour, and then my Wi-Fi shit out on me. So uh, I, had to rec- I had to record again, which kind of sucks, but that's why the episode's going to be out. a little bit uh, out a little bit later than it usually is, but still wanted to uh, put this out before it gets too close to the game, even though it is only two days away from the Redskins game, preseason game. Number two, but today, instead of doing a position review or anything like that, I'm going to be doing more of a show that's going to be, you know, quite uh, normal during the next, you know, 20 weeks or so of the Jets season, where I'll be recapping the Jets games, talking about the studs and duds, talking about the, what uh, you know, what went, went good on the defense, the offense, what went bad on both sides of this ball, uh, and then, you know, some other topics that kind of relate to uh, the game and, you know, playing time and things like that, that we could discuss and throw storyline type of stuff, but before we get into the show, make sure to go on to the podcast app, TOJ Film Room, TOJ Space Film Space Room, on iTunes. Leave us a review there. We got a you know like five uh, five star ratings, which we really appreciate. But please, if you could leave a review um, with that, you know, just a couple of words, maybe a sentence or two. Just take a couple of minutes ahead of your day. It really does help us a lot. And even if there is a you know a four or five star, and you have some. You know, criticism, or even something you want to see added to the show, maybe like a mailbag or something like that. Then, uh, then comment it. You know, after after the review, and uh, after you tell us what you think about the show, or tell me what you think about the show. Um, but like I said, uh, T O J Thurmer on iTunes and then on YouTube. You can type on Turn on the Jets in the search bar and search it. You can subscribe there, or you can go to YouTube.com/slash Turn on the Jets TV. No spaces in that. Uh, like I said, recapping this this game. Uh, but before you do, before we do that, too, make sure you go check out the uh, latest episode with Eric McMillan. We broke down the Jets secondary. You know Jamal Adams, Marcus May, Morris Claiborne, Tremaine Johnson, all those guys, and some of the uh, lesser known players. We broke down all of their film, their techniques, their their presses. If they if we like them in soft, or you know soft shoe, or an aggressive press, or catch man, we talked about all of those different things, their strengths, their weaknesses. And in the episode before that, I did a show with Mark where We talked two and a half hours of the three quarterbacks films. So if you really want to learn instead of just hearing, you know, bull crap uh, opinions of uh, this, this player is good. He doesn't do this well, but they don't really explain to you why or how or techniques or coverages or anything like that. Do so They really know what they're talking about. Sometimes, sometimes not. Um, so we try to really give you in-depth stuff here. Uh, and also check out some of the other great podcasts we have this, such as play, you know, play like a jab with Scott Mason, who just did a uh, Sam Darnold or wrote to Sam Darnold uh, with Albert Breer. Uh, he also and we also have turn on the jets with joe Caparoso, the the owner of the site the jet take with kyle and ben blessington which is more of like a colon hot take you know fighting type of show which is pretty fun to listen to and fun to call in if you enjoy that stuff and then we also have know your foe with uh, michael mania who basically breaks down the opponents the jets are going to face every week so you can know everything you need to know about those opponents what to expect then we have a bunch of other great shows too that you can check out at turn on the jets.com like i said uh Get into it now, the Jets beat the Falcons 17-0 at home, and it was a good test versus a Falcons team who uh, they have a good amount of depth. Obviously, they're a, they're a playoff-type team. They're a Super Bowl uh, team a couple of years, years ago, or a team who should have won the Super Bowl, but they're just a massive choke at the end of the game from both players and coaches. Um, but they have good depth on their team, so it's a good test for the Jets to, to face a team like the Falcons or one of the higher-up teams rather than a team like the, you know, even like the Bills or the Dolphins. So the Jets came out with a ton of energy. Lots of fan uh, fans were there. It was pretty loud. And it's, it's, it's fun to see that because the last couple of years, or even since really MetLife has opened, minus 2010, the, the stadium has been pretty much a joke where the stadium is 60% full, 70% full. If you're standing on third down, people are asking you to sit down. If it's a game-winning drive for either side, if you're standing up, people ask you to sit down. And they can't see and all this stuff. And I, I hope it goes back to kind of like it was a giant stadium where everybody's standing up, cheering loud, Jets chants all the time. You barely hear yourself think. I wanted to go back to that, um, but so hopefully, hopefully it does. It, it does really feel like a new era with Sam Darnold, with Jamal Adams, Leonard Williams, all these young guys. Uh, it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun season. I don't think they're gonna be a playoff team. I, I would, if I had to predict right now, it's say seven and nine or eight and eight, probably seven and nine. Um, but they're really building towards the future with a lot of young pieces. Sam Darnold, if he plays well, which hopefully he does, uh, and then a hundred or right around a hundred million dollars in cap space next year. So it's exciting. So let's let's show up to the games. Let's freaking cheer. Let's get off your Get off your damn phone. You can check Twitter after the game on the ride home like Jesus. Um, And, uh, you know, just cheer. Just be loud. But let's get into the first game of the Jets 2018 season, which is, like I said, against the Falcons. If you haven't listened to the show before when I was on Jet Nation Radio, uh, great people over there. Uh, How we do it or how I do it uh, is I do studs and duds every single week. I've been doing it for years. Uh, If they lose, we do duds. If they win, we start off with studs. We start off with number three, going up to number one, and obviously number one stud being the uh, the best player on the team for that given week, uh, no matter who it may be. So this week we're going to start off with the studs, as I said, and the number three stud of the game um, for me personally is, is uh, Sterling. And Sterling is a guy, and you can argue, uh, I was kind of bouncing between him and Nathan Shepard, but the thing about Nathan Shepard is, one, he's already pretty secure on the roster right now, where you, everybody knows he's going to make the team. And he's not really fighting for a roster spot. He's pretty much penciled in as a starter right now. But Sterling is a guy who's fighting for, n- maybe not a roster point at this, a roster spot at this point because I think he pretty much proved himself. But I think he's he's fighting for some playing time and things like that. And I've said it before. Uh, I said it both on the Instagram Live and I said it even uh, a couple of weeks ago, I believe, or even last week when I was recording uh, with you know, Marcus Coleman. I think Neil Sterling is the best route runner on this team right now. I think he provides the most in the pass game. Uh, He doesn't really offer too much in in the run game, but a little bit more than a guy like Jordan Leggett does. Uh, Herndon is your all-around type of guy. And then Eric Tomlinson is your uh, blocker type. And then maybe they carry a guy like Clive Wolford, who's kind of an all-around type of guy too. But we'll say that's going to be an interesting battle to watch. I'm pretty excited to, uh, you know, do the roster prediction show as well. But uh, usually for these shows, we will have, like, you know, I'll have Marcus Coleman on again or Eric McMillan or some other ex-players, maybe even like, you know, a good friend of the show, Scott Mason, on to break down some of these games. But because it's a preseason game, I'm going to do it a little bit quicker, try to run through it a little bit quicker because, they get you know, it's preseason. Who wants to hear me talk about third and fourth and fifth string guys when a game is coming up in two days anyway? So I'm going to try to run through it as quick as I can. But I'll say run through quick, thinking it's going to be an hour, and it ends up being two and a half hours. So I really don't know. It just – wherever the film takes us – Um but I'm going like I said uh Sterling was my uh, number one you know st- or number three stud of the game but the first one I'm talking about and this is a this is a nice play of of, of route running here and you're going to see him he comes in motion from the uh field side here to the to the strength of the formation with two tight ends with two tight ends and one running back that's 12 uh personnel if you hear me refer to that one running back is the, is the one part of it and two Tight ends is the two, so it's twelve. So if it was two running backs, two tight ends, and it, it would be twenty-two. If it was three running backs and zero tight ends, which is rare, but it happens in some like pistol full house looks, uh, it would be thirty personnel. So it it all depends, but it's it's twelve personnel, and you, you, and it's a cover three look. You can tell how this this corners on the bottom of the screen here. Uh, Whereas if he, if he was a follow one of these one of these receivers over, it'd be, it, they call it corners over look, which usually gives away that it's man. Um, but since there's no really receiving threat here minus the tight ends and there's no receiver, um, he's going to come down into the, into the box. Even if, even if the receiver is tight, he'd come down into the box and be the primary run support on the edge right there. So that's what he's doing. And then you see this guy's uh, squat in his, in his curl, the flat zone. And then he comes over top in his, in his, uh his, you know, field side or sorry, boundary side, third, hit him in his middle third, and then he's playing his uh, field side third. So, yeah, and you see him run this route and he has outside leverage so what you're going to do in cover 3 for the corners is uh the corners not going to want to give up this area of the field because if, if they let them get outside and work outside they're wide open right here and re- with nobody really to help them uh, so in in cover 3 you'd rather force them in you know funnel them into this to the safety or get to that safety in the middle right there um, so you see as as Sterling comes off the line right here he's attacking his leverage what you want to do you don't want a corner or a defensive back to feel comfortable because they feel comfortable you go inside they're like great that's you know they're not going to they're not going to change up such a technique they're not going to you know maybe come up high on in their shuffle or their back pedal um you're doing exactly what you want them to do so by by attacking his leverage he's getting him to open his hips to the outside because he doesn't want him to, to win outside so he's expecting him to go outside right here and he's, he's you know getting him on his toes a little bit to open his hips and as soon as he really you know fully opens his hips to, to run to his to his uh you know, deep third responsibility. Sterling, you know, sticks hard outside and, and cuts up on this. Uh, call it a seam route or a post if you want. Um, looks like more of a post, but it could be a seam route too. It's, you can differentiate. You know, tiny little things like that. Um, but we'll call it a post, I guess. But good post. Uh, good, good attacking the leverage, which you like. I said you want to see now. If he was just to run straight here and attack the middle, this this corner would most likely carry and then just pass it off to the safety. But he does a good job, like I said, attacking that leverage. And then making the catch right here for let's say whatever whatever it may be It's like a twenty yard gain or something like that. So that's a good play from from Sterling right there. Um, and he and he had a couple catches. He actually got injured in this game at the end of the game. I haven't heard any updates from that injury, but uh, it was I believe like a third and four, and they threw it to him on the left side and he broke a tackle from Sam Darnold. Or, or he broke he, the pass was from Sam Darnold. He broke a tackle to pick up a th- uh, first down on third and. Four or three, whatever it was, he got a little nicked up. But I think he's fine. I haven't heard anything major about him, so that's good. Um, but moving on, and he had a couple catches. I think, uh, what, like I said, four receptions, 38 yards. So he had a pretty good game. Um, the next one, though, Bridgewater, seven for eight, 85 yards, 10.6 uh, average per throw, one touchdown. He only missed one throw, which I'll show in a little bit. But Bridgewater, it, you have to feel good about the guy coming out and uh, and playing just in general because it's it's been two thousand and fifteen so he took a real game snap. You know it's preseason, but he's still an NFL game against an NFL um, opponents. opponent. So it was good, you know, he almost lost his leg in twenty fifteen. He was a guy <coughs> who was some people are like, oh, he's a top ten quarterback or near that top ten. I don't agree with that from watching what I saw of him in the in that air corral system with North Turner in twenty fifteen. I would say he's probably in the fifteen to twenty range, maybe seventeen to twenty range, but that's still you know, a decent starter, and a decent starter is better than what the Jets have had since Brett Favre that one year in the first half of that year in two thousand and eight. Um, so the Jets have had ten plus years without been getting anywhere close to average. So um, even if he could be that again, that'd be fantastic. But obviously, the Jets are hoping he could be that in the preseason. So then they could eventually trade him for you know whether it be a third round pick or a fourth round pick. You're you're, you're recouping some of those picks that the Jets traded it away. Uh, to land the Mr. Sam Darnold. So, um, but it was good that he played well. You have to root for the guy. He's a he's a super good dude, super cool, super smart. Uh, Helps Sam Darnold. I I really like him. There's no way you can't you can you know not root for uh, Teddy Bridgewater unless you hate the Jets or the Vikings or Louisville or whatever it may be. But uh, yeah, he gets he gets my number two. I'll bring up a play of him in just a second. I just find it. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's 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 good to see this dude. For one, if he is playing this year, he looks pretty good. And two, um, you know, hey, trade him. So I'm I'm fine with for whatever reason he's he's playing uh he's playing well. So, but going on to this play, number this is this is this is probably the best play of the game I would say, at least in my opinion, this is the play that I remember the most. And it was you know eight minutes left in the first quarter, fourth and three, and I like right there how how Bates decided it because this is kind of a range where okay, it's a 57-yard field goal, or you punt it, and they get back to the 20, so you're only really gaining, like, 20 yards in field position if you punt this, unless Lackland Everts can, you know, nail inside the 10, or but even at 30 yards, maybe, and it's a preseason game, you know, try some things out, and, and they do that, and they went for it, and I and I, I thoroughly enjoyed them, them going for it right here, where old Jets you know, just punt it and get it in, the you know, the 10-yard line or whatever, so it's a mesh concept, and you see this why, so it's it's, it's, a, it's a mesh uh, from these two guys right here where they're basically just running shorter crossing routes or you know, dig routes and some, not dig routes, uh, drag routes. And this, this wide tight end right here is just going to run up kind of like a, like a clear out route or even to create some cluster, which is exactly what happens because as he um, creates some of that cluster, Right there, And then the mesh concept, which the mesh concept is mostly known to be a man-beater because if you are running meshes and there's, just, there's these four zones or three zones, you're, you're going into another person's zone right here and he's going to blast you or intercept the ball. But when, when it is man-to-man, um, if, if it, one, if they're not playing aggressively off the line of scrimmage, like you see that little back pedal from this, from this uh, defender right here, you ought to, you're, you're going to win the inside every time at man unless there's a whole defender or a wall defender, which there's not right here, so he wins the inside right there. But then the second part of that is—is is that this this right here, this like natural pick that you're running with a, with the mesh concept, which is exactly what happens. Um, this this defensive back actually sees the, the throw to a curse, so He comes off of his man, um, but uh, regardless, Teddy Bridgewater drops back. He's not. He's he's staying patient in the pocket. He's making his reads. Brings it, uh, reads the swing route. He comes back. Reads the defense. Isn't panicking. Has some room in the pocket, so he decides to take some of it. Now maybe he could have planted his feet here and threw this ball, but he's getting a little bit pressured, and that hand was actually really close. So he does this little like fade back throw, which I'm fine with if the ball gets there. Uh, and the ball does get there per in a perfect location, uh, away from the extended arm of number 27 right there. Uh, Curse had to extend to get it, but it's away from the defender, so that's great. Curse makes a fingertip catch. So you know, great job by by Teddy Bridgewater, dropping back in the de- uh, uh, you know, dropping back in the pocket, not panicking on fourth and three. Uh, letting the play develop and hitting curse in a perfect location, even though he's fading back without perfect mechanics. So really good play on, on fourth and three, you know, curse gets up here. He's pretty damn excited. Nice catch made by him. And he actually went to my, my, um, you know, good players of this game of the offense, just, just for that reason, because that catch was just phenomenal. Everybody likes to see a good catch like that. So uh, that was one of his good plays. Now, one of the bad plays that, that throw that I was talking about that he, that he missed right here. Um is was not a good play but at the same time it was it was one play and somebody was not like arguing with me on twitter but uh he's actually a good dude i'm not gonna say his name but he's he's a good dude and so right here curse or not curse uh sterling is he's just and this is another cover three one he's gonna go deep two deep three deep cover three usually a four underneath but because of this because there's no number three threat here where he's the number one threat number two threat Number and it would be number three right here if there's a tight end or maybe even a receiver who's tighter. That's how you usually label it by by defenses. Defenses don't really come out and say, "Oh, this guy is the f." Like they just it's one, two, three on each side. So one, two, one, and he's uh, well actually there's a tight end so that's two, um, but there's no three. So if there was a number three here, he probably this cornerback probably or this defensive back probably squats if there's a guy coming out to the flat or even into like the, the, the flat zone or into his Hook the curl zone, but there's not. So he decides to carry this a little bit further upfield um, because of that. And he carries it upfield, field, which is good. But he has outside leverage, which is good for Kirsch because he's going to run to the open spot of the field, whether it be a seam or a post route. A lot of a lot of these offenses have like you know post route versus cover versus cover two because so it's middle of the field open. So obviously you're going to post running to the middle field if so it's open. But in a cover three, these the seams, you know, the defense is three. If you think about it in three circles, the middle of those circles of those three circles is what's open. So he's going to run to the middle. Uh, the middle of the field here, and he's open right here, and this is when Teddy should probably let go of the ball like, right there. As soon as he clears this linebacker, floated over his head, he has plenty of room outside. Lead him, lead him out right around here. Um, but unfortunately, he doesn't do that. He takes an extra, you know, split second to throw the ball, and he leads him too far, and he overthrows him. But if the ball was, if the ball is here inside, he makes he makes an easy catch. And somebody said, oh well, you know that there's a, there's that safety over top. Look how far that safety is. That that safety, if he was to lead him here, is still five plus yards away. So he has plenty of time to protect his body. And if anything, in an NFL NFL game, not just necessarily cover three defense, but when you're leading a guy like that and they have to stretch you out, that's usually when they get rocked in the ribs and, and get a bruised ribs or get really hurt. Um, but if he was to lead him inside, throw the ball to his body, even his body right here, he can hit him in his body. He doesn't have to throw it to extended hands. Uh, it's an easy catch. So he missed one throw. I can't really tell from this angle if it's from ripping the ball. Uh, myself and Mark Schofield talked about ripping the ball. It's hard to tell from this angle Exactly um doesn't 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 look like it um but still yeah the only overthrow but first game back in almost you know three years seven for eight 85 yards 10.6 average one touchdown only missing one throw patience in the pocket ability to read the defense he, he scrambled so he looked pretty healthy only for like three yards but still is, is a pretty good game uh for Teddy Bridgewater and uh, that's great you have the roof for the guy Number one, Dud. Number one, uh, number one stud. Sorry, is Sam Darnold, Obviously, the people, the guy people want to hear about. Uh, Thirteen for eighteen, ninety-six yards, five point three average. And I heard some people saying, "Oh, you know, well his his average was down. I not you know, that's that's not too good." But at the same time, the Jets aren't going to just throw him into the fire and expect him to, uh, you know, be throwing deep, you know, scissors concepts all the time in his first games. They're going to try to acclimate him a little bit slower. Even if the Jets' offense is going to be a dink and dunk type offense. Uh, minus a few deep shots because it's a West Coast offense. So, um, regardless, but he he played well. I think he had three three uh, swing routes or you know routes into the flat. I, I thought they were all swing routes, but I'm not gonna say definitely. But I'll just call them three swing routes. So that doesn't hurt his average a little bit too. So who cares? He he completed 13 out of 18 balls. No interceptions. Had poise in the pocket. Showed his ability to scramble. Showed his ability to deliver the ball accurately. To keep his eyes downfield uh to throw with messy mechanics at times we'll go over some of those messy mechanics but we're gonna get in a little bit uh, we're we're gonna definitely jump into some of his plays because I know that's what people want to want to hear about. They don't you know McCown and all these guys they really want to hear about him. No, I'm pretty I'm sure people are excited to hear about the quarterback and watch them film on the quarterback. And and I I like this play a lot. This is the first I believe this is the first play yeah this is the first play I recorded of, of Darnold and I liked it a lot. And Darnold knows that this rusher is going to be free. Off of the edge right here, I'll call it, I think it's, a, it's an outside linebacker or defensive I think he's number 50-something, so it's actually an outside linebacker. But the Jets um, are counting because, listen, you have, five, you have five offensive linemen, and you have six guys threatening. So they're going to slide protection right, one-on-one, 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 and this guy's going to be free. So Darnold knows that, and then he also has a receiver on the left side of the field here on, on the boundary side. Who's going to run an inward breaking route, which would take, you know, away any any curl to flat defender, or maybe even took a a, a hook to curl defender. Um so you see you see the receiver has a couple of seconds go by, which is gonna open up this swing route for some for some potential yak. Maybe he has to beat, you know, one safety or one cornerback, but it's still a play for, you know, five maybe a five, six yard gain if he throws it right here. Um, but the good thing about Donald is he doesn't just throw the ball. How many times we see Sanchez just throw the ball in the defensive end's hands right here um, in this situation, but he sees that the defensive end right here. He knows he can't get the ball over his head. He's in his throwing lane, so Donald doesn't panic, and he, he's, he knows his second read here. So that's his first read. He knows his second read is this drag over the middle um, from this is, uh, this is Sterling again, and he doesn't have perfect mechanics here, but I, li- I like how he comes off of that, quickly looks to the drag, uh, slides in the pocket a little bit over instead of staying here, which might open up his body to a hit or even, you know, a deflection, whatever it may be. By the time he throws it, he was in the spot. that if Donald stayed here, he was going to get a hit. Um, or like I said, even the ball fumbled or, or tipped, but he moves over to give himself the extra room, which you see that it, it makes sense because um, it played out perfectly for him. And he, and he like I said, he sees that this, this guy is open. And look at his base. His base isn't good. His feet are almost parallel um, there's not really a lot of drive off of that back foot. He's, like I said, parallel. You do not want that. Your feet to be, you want your feet more to be, to be in line. But he, he was moving through the pocket and he had to slide and get rid of the ball quickly. And as long as he gets the ball there, he gets, you know, he gets the ball on, on his body, maybe a tiny bit behind, but he's under pressure. Um, so great play by, by Donald to slide in the pocket there. Go to his second read, know when not to throw the ball, delivers the ball accurately, um, and and delivers for I believe this is a first down. So that was a really good play from Donald. Uh, right there, even with the, the poor mechanics that, that he showed just a tiny bit right there. Uh, next play, let's see what this is. We'll run through it. Uh... Okay, yeah, this is just mobility. Um, and we talk about this a lot on the Sam Thornwood review when I did it on Twitter. You can go follow me on Twitter at JoeRB31. Uh, it's a moment of 75 plays, I believe. Or we're going to just go back and watch with Schofield where we broke down the main plays that we needed to break down. But he drops back here. He's reading the left side of the field. Uh, he has nothing open, and he's not going to panic. But he sees that flash of that hand, and the important thing about that is that see that little shoulder turn less lessen his body to give the defender less area to grab. Where he's kind of his fingers are slipping down his back and grabs just a piece of the jersey. Where if he's to keep his shoulder square there and just try to run, maybe he grabs his whole sh- shoulder pad, he gets spun around and tackled. But that little shoulder dip right there is important. It's um and that and that gets him free right there. Maybe he would have broke the tackle anyway, but it's still important, and he scrambles for. You know, five yards. He slides, which is good. We had quarterback. We've had a quarterback. Who, who haven't slid before. Mark Sanchez, Ryan Fitzpatrick took, took hits. Sees three defenders coming. First and ten. He doesn't need to push it. So he takes the yards. I believe he actually got his. he gets his hand stepped on right there. That's why I cut his hand. If you, if you see his left hand right there, if I pause it and go back, that's why he had the glove on the rest of the game. It was right there. He got his hand stepped on. Um, but, yeah, don't hurt my quarterback. I don't like him sliding. I don't like him running. I don't like him getting hit. It scares the shit out of me. Because I want him to just be healthy for his entire career. Eli Manning, in terms of health, uh, somebody compared him to Eli Manning the other week, which is just beyond me. They're not close to the same quarterback. Um, But yeah, another good play from from Donald that I that I really like. I'm gonna bring up, like I said, a couple of more plays because people want to hear about freaking Sam Donald. It's Sam Donald. He's a quarterback. So uh, next play, let's see what happens. Five minutes left in the second quarter. Third and seven. And oh yeah, so this. So this was a good decision, a little, so a little bit off, and I'll tell you why. So they're showing cover one shell. He's over top of the tight end, defensive back over the slot receiver the number two. Uh, this corner is over the top of the number one. He's, uh, and then you have a safety. So unless it's a really weird cover three look, it's it's most likely cover one, and and that happens to be true. Um, once the ball is snapped, it's a cover one look, and he, Darnold takes the snap and he, he, well, he looks at that safety, which is good, to make sure the safety stays put. And then he sees that the corner opens up his hips too soon right here. I, if you listened to the, to the show last week, you know I, I hate when corners open their hips like that. You're, one, you're, not, really the, you're not able to squeeze them to the sideline, um, and you're not really challenging their routes them. So, Donald Darnold sees that he's playing over top, so if he's playing over top and he releases the ball right here, if Donalds will throw the ball right here, the, maybe the corner can play through the, rec- uh, through the receiver and get a pass deflection or even a pick. So he sees that he's playing over top, makes it a good decision to throw the ball back shoulder where he's expecting um, Charles Johnson basically to show late hands. As they say late hands. You're not notifying the defensive back. You're turning around for the ball and putting your hands up too soon. Um, so that would be good if it was right there. But the ball is a little bit too far outside, so he misses him. But it's a really good it's, – it's good processing. It's good quick processing, checking that safety, seeing the leverage of the defensive back. And decided to show to, to throw back shoulder instead of over the top where he could have made potentially made a play. So, good decision. Throw is a little bit off, but you I'll I'll, I'll take that any any day of the week. That's a, that's a good decision. Like I said, good processing from a guy who is 21 years old at this point. Um, next play that we're going to talk about is okay. So this is and this is little. This is a little thing, but it's an important thing. Um, so they're showing it's actually like a cover it's cover two man with this whole defender so um you're gonna have let's go let's go back a little bit and if you're not watching on youtube yet i don't, I don't know what you're what you're doing <clears throat> sometimes i don't explain it as well if you're just l- listening on audio sorry <clears throat> but <clears throat> um you know i'm kind of assuming that everybody's watching at this point so or most people are watching i, I know that so uh i'm gonna explain it as if you're watching the video with me so Man over top on, on the bottom, man over top on the bottom. This linebacker has man on, on the tight end right here. Uh, and this corner has man right here. So they're, they're, they're manned up. They're showing they're showing cover to man because two guys over top and man underneath. Um, but then they drop this full defender right here, which is important because a lot of quarterbacks wouldn't see this guy because they're going to see him rushing and then just kind of just eliminate them from his mind. But he, he fake rushes right here and drops back into that hole. Uh, as a whole as a defender right there, right in the middle of the field. Um, so what I like about this play is that Donald recognizes the coverage and sees that it's man. He looks – he sees this. He sees, he sees the, the, the safety breaking out on the, on the uh, running back, which notifies zone. He sees the wide receiver with, with inside leverage and position to easily catch a drag out on this corner. But he doesn't just release the ball. He looks what's coming in front of him, too, just to double-check. And you see his head turn right there and he looks where he's throwing. He sees that whole defender drop back. He, he, he just takes a, an extra hop in the pocket and throws it past them where you see a lot of young quarterbacks. This happens. They, they, they see the coverage. They see it's man. Their guy is open. They throw the ball. This, this is an interception or, or a pass deflection. So a uh, great decision by Sam Darnold just, just to look uh, where his receiver is going to in the zones in front of him. And he delivers a ball to uh, Charles Johnson on that, on that drag route uh, from the top of the screen. So. Uh, great play by by Sam Darnold. There, next play we're going to talk about is, uh, uh, this, is so this is this is his first touchdown, um, I believe. This is his first of three touchdowns. Two of them did not count, you know, on that drive. So, uh, what I like about this play is it again they're kind of showing another another like cover one um, type of look with one with one high safety. This looks it looks like man with these three guys over here on uh, you know, over top of these three. Wide receivers, but what I like about as he takes a snap, he notices that that this this uh, you know defensive back or safety, you know, who, I think it's a safety, but he drifts over to his hook to his uh, not his hook zone, his uh, his curl to flat zone, and he decides to not throw the ball where it looks like man, but a lot of quarterbacks throw the ball right here, boom, and then it's you know a tackle, and it's you know still, then it's fourth and th- three or fourth. Uh, four, fourth and goal with three to go, sorry, and he throws the ball right there. But I like how he really processes it that quickly, and he sees that it's, that it's, a, that it's a zone coverage. And it's a, it's a red three. I call it a red three because you're going to have three defenders deep, which is the red zone, so red. So you have three guys over top, so that's the three of the red. And then the other part of the red is you're going to have the, all the other underneath defenders just straddling that white line of of the of the uh, of the end zone. So this is a red three coverage. To me That's at least what I call it. So I like that he that he recognizes that zone quickly, and then he, he immediately looks to the right side, sees that Charles Johnson is, is going to have position on that on that uh kind of like semi comeback route to the to the front pylon, and he delivers the ball quickly. Uh, like I like I said again, quick processing, understanding the the position of the game. It's third in it's third and goal. You don't want to just take this flat route where um, it's we're just a slant flat read and, and just, you know, pick up two yards. He decides to go away for that and quickly see that uh, Charles is going to be open. So again, quick processing, recognizing man versus zone coverage, which is important uh, for, a, you know, a, t- a ton of reasons. And I think that was actually this, that was the second one because Charles Johnson pushed off on that. This was the first one. Uh, and, and again, to the bottom of the screen right here, the Jets are in a three by two empty set to the, to the uh, field side. And he's reading the bottom of the screen here. Which this is basically. So this is just it's all manned up, and then these two defenders right here are 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 in in hook zones, uh, you know, straddling this this uh, this the end zone line again for just inside help. So one, this corner plays it terribly because if you know you have inside help, play with outside leverage, force him inside. So the the corner is not is not a good corner, uh, whoever this was. But at the same time, you know, Donald, he's looking right here. He sees again. He has great leverage on this on this defensive back. Uh, and he recognizes this man because number 42 is following Trenton Cannon right here, uh, who's probably a, a safety, so the safety is following Cannon. He has great – he notices that. He notices that the receiver has great position uh, on this slot corner right here, and he breaks to the flat wide open, and he drops the ball, which if he didn't drop this ball, he actually had a pretty good game. Minus, hey, listen, the, the push-off, uh, yeah, he did push off, but I'm not going to kill him for He's trying to get open. Uh, but you can't drop this ball if you if you want to make an NFL team. Even with the Jets, like a stacked wide receiver core right now, uh, or receiver room, so you, you can't miss a throw that easy. All you gotta do is turn in there and just run it for a touchdown. But again, quick processing on the on the slant flat, noticing that it's man coverage and you, and the uh, receiver has positioned on that defensive back right there. Which again, kind of like a mesh concept, a, a curl a a, a a a slant flat. I anyway, it's not say curl flat, but a slant flat is it's kind of like a natural pick pick again where. See Cannon running right there, and the and the corners run into each other. Defensive backs run into each other. Natural pick right there. It's perfectly legal. It's not my fault that they ran into each other. So that's that's what, why that concept works. And it's just a simple in and out read. So you can read in and to out, or you can read out to in, whatever you whatever you want to do. But uh, it's it's a really easy read for for quarterbacks. And Donald executed it fine. Uh, just he he unfortunately uh, you know had a drop from his wide receiver. Uh, who? It actually he's fighting for a roster spot. He actually played relatively well this game. Other than that, so. But uh, moving on, next play. This is his first touchdown, but his third one. He should have had this drive, uh, and it, it, it's it's good because they're they're playing. It looks almost like another. It's it's a, it's cover three. It's not necess- It's not. It's not. I wouldn't call it red three because these guys aren't straddling these these underneath defenders aren't straddling this line. Um, so we'll call it cover three. But he drops back and he's reading the defense. He feels pressure here, which he probably could have just took a couple of steps up and then and then planted right here and just kept reading the defense. But he'd rather be safe than sorry. So he's going to scramble out to the right, which he's showing some of his mobility. And he delivers a strike to to Charles Johnson for uh, his, his first touchdown of his career. And it's good, too. You see you see when he's on the move right there, he's pointing his shoulder, um, which you, you need to do before you fire the ball. You need to point your shoulder to allow your to, – to, Basically, allow your shoulders to rotate. So you're you're kind of cocking your your right arm back to allow it to, uh, you know, to uh, get to that to that defender more accurate or to the uh, offensive player more accurately and with more power. So I like that he points that shoulder there. Nice accurate throw, um, and with some power on it to uh, Johnson right there who gets the, t- the the easy touchdown. He beat that corner uh, multiple times on on this drive or beat their corners multiple times on this on this drive. So that was another good play. Um, from Donald, I'm going to go over three more of Donald, and this was the next play where him and Trent Cannon. So I don't, I don't believe this is a bad throw from Donald, and you'll, you'll see me call him out for bad throws. If we did, I did it with, with Schofield. We, we said, uh, we talked about some of his weaknesses. So I will call play, people out. I'm not going to be a homer here, um, but so you see Cannon on the bottom of the screen here, and he's, and he's releasing on this, on this nine route, and the, the defensive back plays it, plays it terribly. I don't know really what he's trying to do there. Uh, where one, he's allowing this huge area behind him, uh, and two, he doesn't really have his eyes on, on Cannon here. So at this point, Donald Cite is going to be open. And so what I think Donald expects Cannon to do at, when he, at this point right here is to either break more towards the sideline get more tight towards the sideline, or I think he expects Cannon to have this position and, and fade out at the last second where you're going to stack this this wide receiver or this uh, this defensive back, and at the light last second, like I said, with that fader out to or or the or the, uh, the the throw to to Charles Johnson on the on the right sideline, he's going to show late hands, uh, and the, the defender is not going to be able to react that quickly. So I think there's a little bit of miscommunication there. We expect him to get tired along the sideline, or like I said, fade at the last second, but he didn't do it. So um, you'd like to see this complete completed, but some miscommunication there but that should have been, you know. A Freaking almost a 90 yard touchdown, but it is what it is. it's his first preseason game and uh, like I said I don't necessarily know if that was on Donald. Uh, I don't know if the coaches teach him to get tight along the side I don't necessarily know um, but some miscommunication. I don't think he missed that, the throw that badly. Um, moving on to the next play of Donald and this is another example of, of some good location from Donald, but his feet are still off a little bit, which I'll show you and so it's, it's just a it's a play action. And it's a yankee concept the yankee concept is generally just it could be different routes so there would be like a deep dig and an over which would almost be like a which would almost be like an overs uh concept more but it's, it's generally like a post and a and a deep dig but this one's a let's call it a deep over and a looks like it's almost like a skinny post I it ends up being a skinny post and you have uh our darius stewart who's right here on that on that deep over of the yankee concept and what that does is usually because when you're in this formation where you only where this is uh, what they have, um, this is 21 personnel, so you only have two receivers out. So teams usually combat that with cover one or cover three. Um, so with cover one, you're, you're, cho- you're making the safety choose between either one of these guys, and they're both inward-breaking routes, and so you just throw it to the other guy. Uh, and same, kind of the same thing with cover three, we're going to overload that safety. Um, with his decision. So you have to pick wisely. So but regardless, um, from this deep over route from the top of the screen, uh, Donald's setting up in the pocket. he takes that little step, you know, outside to, to avoid that rush, which I like. It's, it's very subtle, but it's, it's good. So he avoids that rush. And then he, and he throws, and it's not the best throwing motion. It's, uh, or the best feet right there. There are, there's a, they're, they're kind of a little bit too parallel right there. Um, this foot, his lead foot is pointing more towards like almost on the line of this hash right here. We're trying to throw the ball over here, which like I said, many times you want your foot point towards you uh, to where you want the ball to go. And even his hallway is a little bit uh, too close to this hash where you want your hallway also facing where you want the ball to go. So his feet are a little bit off there and it's I I don't see the cleanest weight transfer right there, but still it's, it's good enough because he gets the ball exactly where it needs to be. And some people pegged our Darius with the drop right here but it's really hard to tell. It looks like it might have been deflected, but he still probably should make the catch. But just on Sam Darnold's part, he puts the ball basically in perfect location from our Darius. So it's almost outstretched arms. He has a little bit of a bend in him, but that's that's pretty damn good location on a you know, uh, five, 5, 10, 15, 20-yard throw uh, near the sideline. So I, I like that throw from Darnold. I wish that, one, it wasn't either tipped or Darius could, could have pulled it in, but unfortunately he did not. Uh, last play of Darnold, that was another nice play where he threw the ball to, um, I believe it was um, Andre Roberts when he was rolling out to the left. So they just here. That's going to be a play action bootleg. So play action bootleg as he as he rolls around to the left. And this uh, Lucky Whitehead runs a terrible uh, out route. It's not a whip route. It's an hour out, and it's it's just it's terrible because he's. He sees that the le- he sees that the defender has the outside leverage, but the defender hops inside, but he still attacks that outside leverage and kind of forces himself then to work through the defensive back. Where if you see him jump inside here, straighten out a little bit, you know, get it get into his body and and, and make him think you're running vertically. Or even if don't 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 break down like this and and test him inside, so you get him to open up, you know, to the inside and then put your back hand, your your left hand right here on his back and push him out. And then you cut outwards. So this was a terrible route from Lucky Whitehead, by the way. Um, so he doesn't get open. But on the top of the screen right here in the slot, Andre Roberts just runs, a, runs an over route. And again, Donald's rolling out to the left. And the good thing about this is, one, he gets his hips square. You want your hips square to where you're throwing the ball when you're when you're on the move like that. So that's good. He also gets that that shoulder pointed right there, which is good because, like I said, you're allowing that 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 torque and that accuracy from your shoulders. Um, where if he was just to keep his hips square here and throw the ball, it would be all-arm. But this, he's, he's generating power from his hips He's generating uh, power from, from his shoulders and his upper body. So that's a, that's a good throw, really accurate throw, uh, right, on the, right on the move, right in his body. So another really, really good throw from Donald. Um, so I, I enjoyed watching that play. Um, but moving on from, from him, like I said, I thought he played well, good accuracy, good move in the pocket, kept his eyes downfield, good mobility, good accuracy. Good decision making, recognizing man, recognizing zone, recognizing leverages where to throw the ball. Uh, it was it was a good, it was a damn good game from him, and I'm I'm excited. I really am. Um, but moving on to the to the duds, um, there actually wasn't a ton of players who played really really bad in this game, uh, or at least like majorly bad. There definitely were some that played bad, but it wasn't it wasn't like oh my god that player like really deserves to be number one or number two or number three. Number three, I'm actually just going to say it is. Um, it's Molden, and Molden didn't even play in this game, which is kind of weird that I'm saying that, but I, th- I think he's a big loser of this game because he's fighting for a roster spot with guys like, you know, uh, Brandon Copeland emerging and Gwot- and Obum Guacham, and, you know, even Dylan Donahue showed a little bit last game, and i got with guys like David Bass already here, who was probably our best pass rusher last year, with Josh Martin, and then obviously with Jordan Jenkins. Lorenzo Molden's really fighting for a spot right now. Hasn't played in over a year. He, he's been injured in practice a little bit. He was injured this game. Uh, so I think he's a, he's a big loser in this game. So he got my number three, my number two is actually guys here really didn't make plays either. And that's, that's uh, our Darius Stewart and, Ch- and Chad Hanson. Chad Hanson was getting some buzz in the spring. He's been pretty quiet over training camp from when I've been there and what I've heard from people I trust when I haven't been there. Cause I do, you know, I have a full-time job, so I work. Um, but uh, neither of them got a catch and that's not, that's not necessarily good in your first game. I understand it depends on routes and, uh, what route concepts they were involved in? If they were the primary, the second read, the third read, um, or even when they got to the game, but did not have a catch between the both of them. Not the best look, so I gave them my number two uh, dud of the game. And they also saw guys like you know Charles Johnson get in before them. You saw a guy like Trey McBride who got two receptions for for 16 yards. But my number one dud, the guy who I noticed on film like consistent or, or pretty consistently uh, getting beat was was Jonathan Harrison, and on this play. It's actually three guys who play this pretty pretty poorly. Um, Ajalana right here, number 71, all he needs to do is, you know, re- kind of he needs to reach block and seal this, um, you know, let's call him a three-tech on the backside. He's not able to do that, you know, really at all. That's probably because he comes forward too, uh, too far before he, you know, really angles his hips or to, to get around him here to kind of like hook him. Um, so he's not able to, to seal that backside. And you also look at another guy before we look at, uh, you know, Harrison here, and that's Ben Braden, the right guard right here. He he gets he gets beat pretty badly. I want to see his really late hands. He's knocking his hands up quick. He's ducking into him, which you, which you don't want. He doesn't really have great leverage right there. He's almost kind of like hopping. And, his, like I said, late hands allow the defender to get his hands into his chest if he gets thrown back as well, um, which allows the number 90 to, uh, to shed him pretty easily. But Harrison, play, this is a bad play from him because he's snapping the ball. And I understand if it's like a, if you're like jump setting, which is jump set, you're, you're, it's not a jump set, though. It's a, it's a run play. So he comes off the ball here and when he's coming in with one hand, I understand he just snapped it, but you want to see both those hands fire up aggressively. So he shows some really weak hands there too. And you, it's kind of hard to see because number, because the left part right here, which is probably, I think it's Dozier. Um, yeah, Dozier, you can't see the feet because of him. But you see how far he's leaning into him. He's, he's leaning. He doesn't, have a, he doesn't have a good base. His legs are pretty straight. He doesn't really have a lot of bend in his knees. And what happens when you lean is it, either they chop your arms or they jerk you down, and your, your momentum's already going this way, where if he was leaning like this, he probably couldn't stand up straight. If, if, if he was just to, to, to kind like, of you know, like you pull the chair out uh, from under people when they were in, in school when you were a kid, um, if he was just to back up and just take his hands off from here, right here, he falls over. So you've got to have a base. You got to have a powerful base. He doesn't have that right here. Falls over. Um, just he gets embarrassed right there uh, to top it off. He gets, he gets an ass right in the back from uh, from Dozier, which doesn't help. So I thought he played pretty bad. He also had a false start. I think there was like three or four plays where I noticed him specifically not playing well. It's like, oh, I want to see what happens. when Swanson comes in. Swanson came in and ju- did just as bad. So the Jets do not have a pretty backup center job right now, or, uh, you know, guy for uh, backup center. I thought it would be Swanson because he did have some experience in, and with the Lions as a starter, he also played a little bit of guard as well. So I thought he's in a uh, – or I, I believe he played a little bit of guard as well. Um, so he had some flexibility, and he was also a starter. So, like, right now, if I had to take Wesley Johnson or Jonathan Harrison, I'm going to take Wesley Johnson um, just because he has started before. So I don't really like Jonathan Harrison either, but apparently the Jets are a little bit higher on him than I am. Um, but moving on from from those guys – we talk about some of the. Uh, we'll talk about the good on the offense and the good on the defense before we get into the bad from the offense and the bad from the uh, obviously um, the defense. And the first thing I'm going to talk about with the bad or the good from the offense was Trenton Cannon. And Trenton Cannon, listen, he. We'll talk about the bad of him. There's obviously some bad of him in this game, but in terms of running the ball, I think he had he had some. He was pretty solid. Uh, he shows him that burst. He shows him that that cutting ability he showed that top end speed and we, and we see it right here where this is just a, this is a, a, we, a weak lead zone where they're running to the weak side. Uh, it's a lead because he's leading, he's he's leading him to this outside linebacker right here, where if like, if they were to, if they were to, to block every, if the offensive line was to block everybody and they ran to the line, and if this the fullback ran to the linebacker, it would be a Mike zone. If, they, if this, if this, uh, if everybody was blocked and they blocked the backside uh, linebacker, that's a Bob zone. If they block the front, if they, if there's a safety down here or let's say even this safety, because this is the linebacker on the edge. If this is the safety right here, you call that a, a boss zone. So, or you can do lead or wham or it's just, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of different things, but this is a, a weak lead zone and it's good. It's, it's good because one, he's taking the edge right here, which is he, he's designed to do. It's going to leave him like one-on-one with, with this defender right here, which is, the, the, the impressive thing about this is it's not even necessarily the cut. It's the speed at which the cut is made where maybe you'd like to see him plant this outside foot. You want your feet almost like horizontal when you're cutting like this. Um, so when you're, when you're cutting with your one foot back that far, you're not really able going to be able to really push your momentum this way and, and load off of that foot and push off horizontally where if his foot was more out here, you'd, you'd get it a more an aggressive cut. Um, but still, so he doesn't create a lot, of, a ton of uh, room there on that on that cut. But if I play in full speed, you're gonna see how fast that cut is, uh, which is which is good because he keeps momentum going pretty pretty uh, pretty quickly. Not the best cut, but it's a quick cut. And then he, he, you see that speed, that overall speed. If you just watch this, it's just it's fast. He just looks faster than everybody else, um, and and he is. So he's gonna be an interesting weapon for the Jets this, this year. And I think he going to is going to make it. But at the same time. With that ability, and that cutting ability, and all these things, he did come from a smaller school, Division II, uh, and he does have some some things to work on, undoubtedly. Um, and on this play, you're going to see him cut out. You're going to see him uh, cut outside here, and this is another another lead zone, with leaving this this linebacker unblocked, uh, which is designed for this uh, fullback to block him, which he does. As you can see, they leave him unblocked where it's combo block to, to the the Mike, uh, the Mike linebacker to the Will linebacker. Uh, and the strong side linebacker is unblocked So on call a lead zone. And it's good that he, that he takes this, but if you look if, – if so if he was to shuffle his feet here in a little bit – he's a little bit more choppy and he, and he wasn't taking as long of strides, he runs right into the back of his offensive lineman and into the pile where there's three Falcons. There's three heads right here, one, two, three. Now, if he was to be more patient here and have better vision, what he would do is he would take some, some shorter steps and he would he would uh, stop and go. So this would be a stop right there, that left foot. He would plant right about here, slow down, and then he would he would burst off that foot to or, or burst off that foot to stop and then go with his with his outside foot. Uh, and he doesn't do that. He runs right to the back of, of the defenders. You see how wide open this is right here, where yeah the safety comes down. But if he but if he cuts outside right here, he's in all this open field and it, and it's one on one with that with this uh, defender coming right down there. So that could have been a freaking massive run right there. Um, but unfortunately, his vision suffers right there. People might disagree with me, but i don 't see how you how you can like I said take some shorter su- shuffles right there, maybe a jump cut, maybe just a stop and go you know one cut uh, one cut type of motion, but uh, he doesn 't do that. He runs right into the pile, so he he loses the opportunity for a big game, even though it is you know let 's say a six yard game. it could have been potentially you know a 85-yard touchdown run or 84-yard touchdown. So he, need, he needs to see this lane, needs to be more patient, needs to bounce this outside. Uh, so I didn't like that. But like I said, overall, I, I did like it. Um, I thought also for, for his first game, you're, you're, we have to mention Crowell for that touchdown run. You have to give him some credit for that. That was, uh, even though maybe, you know, it is preseason, so lighten up a little bit there because we don't want you injured because you're going to be either running back one or let's just call him one, one, or one, one A or one B, whatever it's going to be. Um, and he's just running a drag a drag route on the, t- on the on the right side of the screen here at the top of the screen, and he runs this drag route. He ha- he has positioning uh, where the linebackers are playing a little bit farther back in their hook zone, so he shows some nice speed, uh, you know, an ability to to turn this corner and outrun number 42 right there, and then also obviously some some power to uh, trucking this guy over. But then another guy comes in. I, I, I don't know if it was there where he got the probably concussion. Yeah, it's probably there. Uh, they're going pretty much full speed at each other with their helmets down. And then he gets hit in the head there too. So he gets hit in the, hel- in the head twice right there, but still some, some good balance, some good power. And then still after that, he instead of just falling to the ground, he, he sees where he is. He him look right there and he rolls in. You see it kind of torques his body right there to, to roll in. So uh, good play from Cruel from right there to, to run in. So I thought uh, that's good, but let's, uh, let's not lower your helmet and go that hard during, during uh, preseason because we, we want you healthy. Uh, for the season. So, like that, uh, Curse is another guy who I just talked about a little bit ago. One catch for six yards, but the catch was freaking fantastic. It was the best catch of the game. So, I'll give him a, you know, kind of like a little gold star. Um, starting offensive lineman and pass protection, I thought, generally did a good job where they kept wherever quarterback was back there. Uh, pre- pretty pretty um, clean in that pocket. So, I liked the starting offensive line did it in pass protection. Uh, I know Brandon Shell got a high grade. Uh, Kelvin Beachum did pretty good didn't see anything bad from, from Winters or from Carpenter Uh, long. I only saw one play where he got blown up a little bit on a reach block, but it's a reach block. Uh, And the defender was in the play side gap, you know, so he was in the a gap uh, and long had to reach block. which so it was a little bit hard, especially when the defender came off with pretty good explosion and and some good power. But I think the starting offensive line was, was a plus this game. So I, I enjoyed watching them. And then, I also enjoyed watching uh, Andre Roberts. We saw that catch they had from Sam Donald, and he also I didn't record the punt returns, but uh, that one punt return they had, I believe it was the first punt return where he juked like two guys and then got 10 yards, which 10 yards, I, right around that 10 yards, that nine and a half to 10 yards is when you start seeing solid returns, When you average that, that's when you have a pretty good returner. Anywhere below that, I think his career average is like 8.2 or something like that, 8.1. So he's a decent returner. Um, but he's also a safe returner, as we saw when I talked about some of the other negatives from this game. Trenton Cannon struggled mightily uh, as a punt returner. So, um, but moving on from from Roberts, uh, we have Charles Johnson, who I just mentioned before. He had that one drop. He had that one uh, pass interference, interference, offensive pass interference. We had had three receptions for 45 yards um, overall uh, for a guy who, you know, is – Running for a roster spot right now. I don't, I don't necessarily think, even think he's going to make it because after Andre Roberts, who I think it's going to make it. Especially after this game, and uh, a Chad Hansen or a Darius Stewart, that he would be the seventh guy, um, maybe even like the eighth guy on the, on the depth chart right now. So I don't know if he's going to make it, but maybe they're just giving him a little bit more run because he's a, he's, an, he's an older guy and they're just going to use him for preseason. But I think generally he had a he had a he had a decent game. You know, like I said, that drop really hurt him. Uh, but the fact that he just got reps over Stewart and Hansen, I think so you know positive from him, so moving on to the defense, I have a couple more defensive plays to to uh, to show that the that I enjoyed watching uh, from from some of the young guys too. the young guys play pretty well uh, on the defensive side of the ball in, in this game, so got to like that, especially when one of them is Nathan Shepard, who everybody 's going to be keep calling Canadian Thanos, which I think is is fantastic. He had two tackles and uh, right here so so the Falcons motion over number 82 right here, and Shepard switches to a three tech, maybe maybe a four eye tech. Um, and what's good about this play is one, how low he's coming off the ball. You can see he's lower than almost every other defensive lineman, uh, which is good. He gets so he gets low. He, his body is length right there. but you see you see like a, basically a full line for that that back heel. Um, maybe he's a, he could be a little bit lower. Maybe have his feet under him a little bit more, but still pretty good leverage right there. And he gets his arms extended into the chest. You see into the chest right there. He's controlling the shoulder pads, which is good. And he he he's you can call this like a bull jerk or a push pull. Um, so he's he's extending the the offensive lineman right here with his arms extended, and he, that's getting him off balance. You can see he's off balance right there. And as he's off balance, he's jerking him back forward, which which is shedding tackle. So he shed the tackle pretty freaking well right there, stack and shed. And he's chasing the uh, running back down the line of scrimmage here, here to to uh, to make this. This tackle. I think it's. I don't know if it's a tackle for no gain or a tackle for for loss. Uh, it's a tackle for like one or two yards. So um, good play by by him there. Like I said, getting low, extension, strong hands right there. Um, just strong overall play, smart play, leverage is good. So smart understanding of leverage. So I like that. Uh, Brooks also. I thought probably played played pretty well with safety Terrence Brooks. He's also battling for a roster spot between him, Doug Middleton and uh JJ Wilcox right now he had five tackles one tackle for the loss he he popped out a couple of times um Fado is also a guy who uh popped out he definitely he definitely popped out too which was which is good to see cuz he's a guy who's fighting for a roster spot probably with <coughs> an Xavier Cooper right now to see if maybe they carry seven and they all make the team but he's he's fighting for at least playing time potentially even a roster spot right, um so right and let's see so where is oh so He's right here. He is the, let's say three tech, um, on the strong side of the, uh, of the, uh, of the formation on the boundary side. And what I like about this play is he sees the combo block coming, uh, on the, on the front side of this play and uh, which it's a combo block between the, the guard and the center. This, this isn't, uh, I not yeah, the guard. No, the guard and the tackle actually, right? Yeah. guard and the tackle, um, and instead of taking this full on – so if he was to take – if he just goes straight at this, they bo- both of these offensive linemen have his full chest to work through, so they have a full body to work through. But what he does, instead of allowing them to do that, is he anchors down. You see him really dropping his, his hips and his weight right there. And he's, he's shielding his, 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 the front of his shoulder pads off from this, uh, from this left tackle right here. So he's shielding off from the left tackle. He's dropping his weight. He's engaging with, this, uh, with the left guard here. And he gets past the you know the, the block of, of this uh, this left guard, so he kind of tossed him right there. So I, I liked it. it. He didn't make he didn't necessarily even make the tackle. He might have got in on it. Uh, did he get in on it? Let's see. Um, no, he didn't get in on it. But I like I like the the technique of taking on this this combo block right here. Like I said, lessening your body and dropping your weight. So good play from uh, Fatokasi right there. And it's also a good play from Middleton too. Middleton comes up. And he's containing that outside right there, and that's where that, that uh, running back has to cut back inside. So good play from Middleton. Uh, good play from uh, – this session. nice play from Pound right here, too. It's a zero-tech where he gets – he's coming, coming low off that snap, too. Gets good hand placement inside, extending. See that extension? And then the, and the jerk down. So it's like a bull jerk or a push-pull, like I said. Uh, breaks that tackle, and he actually uh, gets in on – the. I, no, he doesn't get on the tackle, but still a good play from him. So those two played well. It's actually another play um, that I want to bring – yeah, another play of him that I want to bring up. I believe this is the play uh, where he gets that that face mask, which it is what it is. He's a young player. He screwed up a little bit there. But uh, still, this is more of a play instead of technique. I remember this being more of a power type of play. And I believe – is he the – let's see where he – okay, so – all right, so he's zero. Let's call him a zero. It looks like he's head up on that offensive lineman or the, the, the center right now. So he's a zero tech. And I don't like he – he's coming off of the ball a little bit high right there. He's not really exploding through through his feet where he's – his momentum instead of more going through the offensive lineman is kind of going up, which you don't necessarily want. And he's also hopping. You see how it's like, he's, that little hop right there, you don't want that um, because at that moment you don't really – you're not generating full power. And if the offensive lineman was to, like, jump set you right there, um, or to aggressively attack you. At that moment right there you're you're not on, on you're not balanced and he's gonna get under your pads and drive you or get good position on him to to block you. But still with that he's still even with that not great leverage, he's still able to bowl him back because he has some good uh some decent hands right there. He looks like he's on the, sh- the two shoulder pads. So this is just pure strength from, from Fado Kassi right here. Uh, like I said, even with not great technique, he's still able to just bowl him back into the quarterback and, you know, maybe next time he can grab a shoulder pad or push back a little bit farther and just knock him into the quarterback. But he grabs a face mask and it's, it's a personal foul a 15 yard penalty right there for, for grabbing that face mask, but still a good rush to, to get there. So i like that from Fado Kassi. I thought uh Pennell also had a good game. I just showed that play of him, you know, a couple of seconds ago. Um, so he he did pretty good. Another guy, lesser, lesser known guy is, uh, Hewitt. Neville Hewitt, the, the backup linebacker. He's like fighting for, for a roster spot right now, but he had eight tackles, which is obviously nice. Some of them weren't, not, not like none of them were really, really impressive, but he also did have two pass deflections. They were pretty impressive. And he's he's, he's right here. He's the, the uh, weak side linebacker, and he's dropping back. This is Tampa 2. And you can tell it's Tampa 2 versus just like a, reg- a regular cover 2 because this middle linebacker right here, the mic is dropping back farther than he normally would. And what he's doing when you're dropping back normally than you, than you normally would in a cover 2 is because, you know, middle of the field open, so people write to run post or uh, versus uh, cover 2. But what he's doing is he's dropping back farther, so he kind of eliminates that, that middle of the field being open um, for the quarterback and for the receiver. So, and also you can tell Tampa two by that drop. And you can also tell it's Tampa two by whatever sh- the strength of the of the offense here. The receiving threats. So there's three receiving threats on this side of the ball. That's that's the side that the uh, linebackers going to open up to. So there's three receiving threats on this side. He's going to open up to to his left and the are the offensive the right side of the offensive formation. So um, it's Tampa two. And I like how, you know, Hewitt's right here, and he drops back into, into his hook zone, and he's reading the quarterback, and as soon as the, the quarterback loads up, or maybe he could have came out a little bit – he could have cheated over a little bit more than he did originally. Um, but it's still, a nice reading of the quarterback's eyes, and he dives to make the, the, the play, where he doesn't make the pass pacif- – I think he actually gets credit for a pass deflection here, but he doesn't make the interception. But I like how he goes for the ball, and then this right there too, where the tight end actually catches the ball. If he wasn't to dive – here and do this, he probably would have brought the, the, the ball down. But if you see it, it's kind of hard. It's, it's not like the greatest quality, but he sticks his left arm in there and rips the ball away, which you can see, you can see the, the uh, tight end's right arm come off the ball right there. So he's not able to corral the ball and, and bring it in. So he does drop it. So um, nice read, nice play, nice fight after the catch is still made to, to rip the ball out of there. So that's, that's the plays you like to see um, for sure. So good play from from Hewitt donahue uh is another guy who i also think played uh pretty pretty well um and uh, let's see if i can get the i don't know actually oh there it is okay so i have one play of him this is this tackle for a three-yard loss and yet um you look at the stats three tackles one was for loss he had one sack he had two quarterback hits so pretty good game from donahue and what i like about this play is that it, he looks a little bit stronger than he did last year but I like this aggressiveness here where this, this right tackle is kind of just coming out to like, kind of like hug him just to contain him on what, what looks like, an, like a, another lead zone for them, um, for the Falcons. And I like how he, he really is bursting at that right tackle. Like he takes the fight to the right tackle, um, which allows him to, to win and rip past him. So as he gets his hips even, which is important, you want to get your hips even so you can clear past them. Um, and as his hips are even, he throws that rip to clear. So that's good. He ducks his shoulder, uh, rips through the, the block, and gets to the, to the running back right here, and he makes the tackle. So I like the aggressiveness. I like the power. I, I like the, the technique. I like the rip right there. So really good player from Donahue, even though it's against, you know, backup type offensive linemen, backup tight ends, backup running backs. But still, you have to, just, you know, just call out impressive plays and you see them. They're all, they all are in the NFL. So they're all, you know, good players. So I like that from Donahue. Wilcox had a good game in the run game. The pass game, he struggled a little bit. I'll pull up that play. Like I said, in a little bit, uh, when I get when I get to the negatives of this game, but good good overall day. Actually, I would call it like a decent day. I would like to see him uh, play better in pass protection. I'll play. I'll show you a play of why he played poorly in the pass protection. for one play. But if you notice here, I put it on Twitter in the review and on turnonthejets.com. But the safeties right here. Um, it's, it's a cover three look. And they're basically just rotating to the to the strong side, uh, they're, or they're rotating off of this um, tight end right here. And they have some communication. Who wants to go? I guess they have some freedom of who wants to go and who doesn't want to go. Um, so right now, it looks when it, when the tight end is on Wilcox's side, it looks like Terrence Brooks is going to be rush, uh, run support on the edge. And then as the tight end comes over, uh, you can see Terrence Brooks is still telling is still telling Wilcox to, to stay back in that middle third. But then as he as he rotates again, you can see that little point, and then Wilcox knows, okay, well now I'm run support. He's gonna drop back in this cover three. So that's like little tiny little stuff you, you you love to pick up. That communication between the safeties is good here, and then Wilcox, so Wilcox just charges in, full head of steam. Uh, you know, bends the corner right here and makes a big hit on the uh, on the running back. So he makes some freaking plays in, in the running game. That's why I think he's a better player than Montez Miles because he makes plays in the running game and he can cover a little bit. Struggled a little bit in this game in the coverage, but. Still overall, when I watched the 2016 film, I, I thought he was pretty good uh, in coverage, or at least decent enough in coverage, where he's definitely a lot better than a guy in Rontez Miles. So really nice play from Wilcox there. I think uh, Pennell, like I said before, I, uh, this is where I have him. And he made some plays. Uh, one tackle, two tackles for loss, one sack, one quarterback hit. Bring up a play of uh, him. I think it's just like a, a transition from, from run to the pass that he, that he shows some, some nice ability here in a pass rush, which is not usual for him. He's right here. He's in zero tech. He's playing heads up over the center. And you can see him call off the ball pretty low. He's a big guy. Comes off the ball low and he gets his hands inside of the, of the shoulder pads. One's actually on the shoulder pads. We get the, his arms inside of the, um, the center's hands, which is good. You can see him peeking into the backfield right here. And as soon as he sees the quarterback taking that, taking that drop, you can see him peeking right there. As soon as he sees that, he's ripping, he's ripping through that little arm over move. So he's, Ripping down, and his left arm is going over. So call it arm over, and he gets a hit on the quarterback. So um, nice nice little pass rush, nice playing uh, pass or or run to pass right there uh, for Pennell. Um, Nice arm over move. So I I like that play from Pennell. I think he's a guy who's overlooked personally by uh, Jets fans, at least to me. Moving on, Um, I think Martin made some plays as well. He had five tackles, one tackle for loss. He set the edge pretty well. Uh, bad from the offense um, and just the offensive players in general. Cannon cannot muff two punts. He he was looking down too soon to run. He was like really sporadic coming underneath the ball. He was tracking balls that he shouldn't attract. He was just he, uh, he he didn't play well as a power turner. And if he doesn't play better the next game, you can almost you can almost guarantee Andre Roberts a roster spot at, at this point. It's, he's pretty close to the lock just because of how bad that was. I don't think it's gonna be Stewart. You don't see him working back much there. I think the Jets are hoping, okay, Ken, you know, t- run away with his job in this preseason. We'll give it to you. And then Andre Roberts will be cut. Maybe we can make a room for an open watch him, or, you know, a, a fourth tight end for, like, a Jordan Light or something like that. But unfortunately, uh, Ken just – he played really, really badly in the primary return game uh, in the first preseason game. Hopefully it does not prove. But moving on to the last um, – or, or, you know, another one of the bad offensive players. I think uh, Ben Ajalana was also – oh, I actually didn't even talk about Odom oh, Mugwachum. Uh, two tackles, two tackles for loss, one quarterback hit. That's, that's a decent stat line right there. But uh, to, to continue with the bad from the offense, Ben Ajalana had a false start. I'm sure did that play before. He didn't look too good. Uh, Brent Quale didn't look too good. He, he didn't uh, pass block too well or even run block too well. He looked pretty bad um, when he was out there as a left tackle. And then you also had uh, Ben Braden who didn't play too well. So the backup offensive lineman didn't look too good, but kind of expect that a little bit. But still, you have to note it. Um, Lawrence Thomas also, um, and I, I I I get it. Listen, you're, you're looking at a guy two hundred and what two hundred ninety pounds, two hundred ninety five pounds played who a guy who played you know. Um, you know, defensive end, and yeah, he should be able to play fullback. And he's huge. And if you get him one on one, then he's gonna destroy that guy. But as the NFL, it's all about smarts. It's about leverage. It's about where to where to position your body. And this is a this is a lead mid zone, and he's taking on this this uh, the safety here actually comes down to the into the box. You can almost call it like a boss a boss zone. But since he's the emol, he's like the end man on the line of scrimmage when the ball is snapped. I'll, I'll say it's a lead zone, and. You can see him coming, taking an angle to the outside here to block the uh, number 22 here, but he's just not agile enough to get back inside. So if you have an agile guy who's, who's going to be able to dip around you or use his athleticism to get around you, he's not able to do it. And Powell almost got. If Powell continued on his tr- on his track right here, it's a tackle. But Ta- Powell, you can see, alters it a little bit right there with that with that uh, with that outside foot, that left foot right there, um, which is good because one he's dropping down on that and he's pointing his foot to where he wants to go, so it allows his hips to open up a little bit. So, good run from Powell right there to get four yards instead of a loss, but you need to see Thomas one come. He comes in a little bit out of control right there. You know, if you have to, shuffle, get your feet a little bit um, you know, parallel to be able to move your, your body more uh, back and forth horizontally. So, he comes in a little bit out of control, like to see him break down a little bit more here and just take on the, the defensive back, because it's not like you have to come full power out. I mean, he's, he's, you have 60 pounds on him, so as long as you hit him in the right area, you're going to be able to contain that block. But, hey, this is one-on-one with Lawrence Thomas. He should be able to block him, right? That's, I, hate, I hate when people say that. You could be 400 pounds and not be a good fullback. You could be 240 and suck. It's all about leverage, understanding the game, positioning yourself for, to, to make the most uh, or the best block. So I'm not, I'm not a fan. I, I, honestly, I'm hoping that uh, Dimitri Flaher steps up a little bit because, one, I think he can block better. I think he has better technique. Maybe if it's like one-on-one power blocking, he can't block well, but are, are better than Lawrence Thomas. But I think from what I saw of him uh, in college, I actually did a film breakdown of him, which is just ridiculous. Breaking down a film of fullback in college. Um, good technique, good positioning of his body, decent strength. He can catch the ball. He's used at the tight end, an H back, um, <clears throat> as a running back. They use them on short screens. They use them everywhere. So he's a versatile guy. I'm hoping he makes over Thomas. I just don't see the infatuation with Thomas. I really don't. Um, even, even when he goes head on head with some guys, he, he's really bent from, from the waist where he's not generating a lot of power from his legs. He's almost it's like a, it's like a hinge. He, it's just not, it's not that good. But, um, moving on from that, uh, the other, you know, negative that I'll bring up until I'm, I'm almost done now. Uh, but Wilcox, I thought, I thought he struggled in, in coverage. He gave up a couple of catches Some were just I think in front of him or it wasn't necessarily him, but. I didn't, This this is a bad play for, from him right here. The Jets are on a cover four defense, and so he's he's going to match the the vertical stem of the inside receiver right here, um, which he does. But what I don't like, you can see, he's he's moving. He's a little bit light on his feet right there. But as soon as this, uh, this is basically it's, it's it, by where everybody ends up. It looks like a smash concept. It looks like this, uh, you know, wide receiver ran a um, hitch, and this inside um, receiver is running a a corner route which is a smash concept it's a high low read along the sideline and what happens here is why he gets open you see how flat-footed he is right there and he's reaching out for him he's off balance doesn't have his doesn't have his feet chopping so you're not able to make a quick cut when your feet aren't chopping you're not on your feet so he really is flat-footed as you can say he's leaning he's leaning almost like sitting down he's leaning over his toes but still he's almost sitting down and doing it so he's not he's not really uh he doesn't have good positioning there like i said flat-footed and not the best, uh, you know, in terms of being over his toes. He said right there, he's it's not that great. Um, but uh, the, the receiver's able to get around him because if you're flat-footed and the receiver, think about the the receiver, he's not even running fast. Let's say he's even running six miles per hour. He has six miles per hour, and you're, start, you're starting off from from a dead stop uh, with your feet planted in the ground, and you expect this to explode and be able to get out, out on him. No, he's not Malik Hooker. He's not – Earl Thomas. Where Earl Thomas could probably do this, but you're not. You're you're J.J. Wilcox. So let's stay a little bit light on your feet. If you if you see if you see him, you know, attacking leverage like this, maybe open up your hips a little bit, you know, a little bit outside. Um, he doesn't do that, and the the offensive player, the receiver, gets by him for an easy catch on the corner route of the smash concept. So uh, he struggled in coverage uh, for sure this game, especially on that play. Other minor things to to wrap up. Uh, things that I noticed during the game is that. Uh, Jonathan Harrison played over over Swanson which like I said is not a they both suck at this point. I'm hoping Swanson makes it though but we'll we'll see. At least he has a lot more starting experience. Um Rashad Robinson was in pretty early as the as the uh the second string corner and I talked about it with Ishod Eckert. No, I think he has more ability than people realize. Really fluid hips, really quick feet. His stop start speed is is fantastic. His top end speed is pretty good. Uh he's athletic loose hips so I, I like him but he has to figure his shit off shit out off the field so uh he was in pretty early uh nickerson and herndon didn't, didn't play which was a little bit disappointing because i want to see those two guys play study studied some of their techniques even though uh as you can see this game i had like all like the broadcast angles i needed freaking coaches film. i can't wait for the actual games to be played right get coaches film as well um like it also didn't play uh, which is not a positive. Like I said, Neil Sterling is stepping up. Herndon's definitely going to make it. He's been the second and most impressive guy uh, in the tight end room as of right now. So I think those two guys are locks. Um, and then you have Tomlinson, who I think makes the roster because, listen, he's by far your best blocking tight end. You'll say, oh, you can cut Tomlinson, but don't, over, don't overlook his blocking ability. The dude legitimately block, can block defensive ends and outside linebackers and lock them down. He's not going to stonewall them, but, he'll, but he shuts them down for that play. Um, so I think he makes it as a three. So really, like it's best shot is to make it either you're going to outwork and, and outprove Clive Walford, who, who's a guy who can both um, block and run routes. He's not, he's not really too crisp. He's, he's athleticism, not too impressive, but he's still an all-around type of tight end. Or if the Jets are only keeping three, you're going to have to beat out Neil Sterling. No, there's no way. There's, there's, there's no way. Sterling is he's the best tight end on the roster right now. At least that's what it looks like through preseason, through camp. Um, so I think Leggett. I don't think Leggett makes the roster. Injured last year. Injured this camp. Not playing in preseason. Not impressive when he does practice. So I, I think Leggett is gone. Uh, like I said, unless he plays really well these next three preseason, he even starts showing up at practice. Uh, Steven Wolford, he, he had that. He had that catch on the on the uh, on the corner from uh, Sam Darnold. I don't know if I brought. I guess I didn't bring up that play. But yeah, I guess I didn't. Uh, but Sam Darnold basically on that play, if if everybody remembers, he. I think they're in a cover three, and the cornerback on the outside sees um, the defender on the number one thread, the wide receiver, come in on an in-cut, and on the in-cut, he drives down forward, so that opens up uh, Walford behind him on the corner route, and Donald, instead of just throwing that in that's open for five yards, he waits that extra second, sees that the... Uh, that corner is driving down on that in route and throws the corner out over him for 17 yards or whatever it was, instead of five, instead of five yards. Um, let me see if I actually have that play. I don't know why I didn't put that um, in, in their, in their review um, of this game. Uh, just give me one second here. Cause I'm trying to uh, find it. No. Oh, yeah, this is the play. I don't know why I didn't pre- – bring. I guess I just forgot to bring this up. Uh, this is the play. I, I just explained it, you know, but the, see that that, outs- that outside receiver, the number one threat, or the number one receiver on the top of the screen right there. Like I say, you just label them by threats, one, two, three. It's not – he's the best. He's the second best. He's the third best. It's just who's closest to the sideline. Um, so the number one comes on an in-cut, and this – and one of the defensive backs here, uh, which I believe is – is this defender who has uh, hook to curl. So he's going to play hook to curl and he dry- he's dropping back at first, but he drives on that end cut because he believes the, the uh, corner in the uh, deep third is going to take um, Walford or whoever, you know, is, is coming past them. And unfortunately for the Falcons defense, they don't. So instead of throwing this, yeah, this is open, hit it, Donald, hit it, Donald. No, he doesn't do that because he's going to be a good quarterback. And instead of like the quarterbacks we've seen, you know Sanchez and even McCown, Fitzpatrick. They take this first and fifteen. I'm going to get five yards back. You know maybe eight yards back, um, and then you know make it a second and seven. But Donald, screw it. I see that the guy is is driving up on this. I'm going to wait a second, and I'm going to throw an accurate ball to uh, to Walford right here on, on the corner route. So he he goes from a you know six to seven yard gain, maybe eight yard gain to a you know. Uh, what 19 yard gain? So great play from Donald there. I don't know why I didn't bring that up, but that's, that's a great play. Um, but like I said, Walford is, if I had to pick right now, just for this year and even going forward, Walford's not that old. If I had to pick one guy to be in a game, I'm picking Walford over, over George Jenkins. So he better, he better step up. Um, other than that, I guess I'm really done for the, for, for the show. If you're going to look for things in game two, uh, let's hope Marcus May plays. We want to see Marcus May and Jamal Adams for, you know, whatever it may be, a drive, maybe to a quarter of this game. Uh, we want to see Nickerson. We want to see Herndon because we want to see the young guys. We saw, you know, Cannon play well on offense, not on punt return. We saw Shepard play well. We saw Fado Kossi play well. Even Derek Jones had a nice play, even though it was a eh, little little spotty on that on that fade um, in the end zone. It could have been passing interference. He didn't play it too, too well, but he played it okay. Uh, so we've seen some of the young guys play well, Obviously. With uh, those guys, and then you have Darnold. So let's let's hope that we see some of the other young guys play. Like I said, with May, with Migerson, with Herndon. Let's keep watching battles. at spots we've been watching all off season with outside linebacker, who's the third and fourth guy. Even you know, even the the, the weak side linebacker uh, opposite of Jordan Jenkins right now, who is that going to be? Is anybody going to step up? You know, could a Brandon Copeland step up and take a roster spot from a guy like Malden or Donahue? You know, so that's that's an interesting battle to watch. Backup safety we've been watching. Middleton's been getting run with the first team. Uh, he started this game. Uh, but personally, from, from what I've seen from all the safeties, I liked Middleton coming out of Appalachian State. I just don't like him as much as Wilcox and as, as Brooks. But maybe they're deciding to go with a younger player who – the Jets feel that he might have a potentially higher ceiling than a guy like you know a Wilcox. But I don't necessarily agree with that. But let's watch that battle. Let's watch depth corner. Let's see who plays there. Derek Jones, is he going to step up and make, uh, take a roster spot? Dow Roberts, you know, uh, I think I said Derek Jones already, Jeremy Clark, Rashad Robinson. There's a couple of guys. There's, you know, let's say eight, nine guys competing for, you know, six, seven spots at the most. So let's, let's keep watching that. That's a good one. Depth-wide receiver, we've talked about it all offseason as well. Uh, we know the, the main four guys, but that five, you know, that five and six, is it? Is it Roberts? Is it Charles Johnson? Is it Trey McBride? Is it our Darius Stewart? Uh, chad hanson i think makes it but he's falling a little bit down uh towards that range too where he hasn't made a play listen spring practices are nice and all that but that was in that was in what uh whatever it's not really spring practice but what is it in june those practices and they had like that month off so um he's got to step up as well so that's that's an interesting battle to watch um let's hope that obviously the the quarterbacks also continue like i said with donald let's hope that let's hope to see that he grows on this game let's Let's see him keep reading coverages, keep moving in the pocket, keep his eyes downfield, clean up his technique a little bit. Let's maybe he takes a couple more shots down down the field. Um, but as long as he played like he did last game, I, I think he's he's a starter going into week one because that was fantastic. Like I said, the mechanics weren't good, but he got the ball there. So it's not like he he shows bad mechanics and the ball doesn't get there. He's showing the the off mechanics, but the ball still getting there. Some people have referred it to as a magical sloppiness, which which I agree with. I've said it before too. His his mechanics don't hurt him all the time. Where, you know, out of 100 balls, if they're all with bad mechanics, maybe five of those balls are off target. So it hurts him sometimes. Sometimes it hurts on some of the accuracy and some of the drive on the ball where you can tell where if he's if he has good mechanics, that ball drives faster to his uh, opponent. Or not to the opponent. Wanted, you, know, you don't want it to drive to, towards the opponent, but it has a little bit more zip on it to the receiver. Um, but we'll, we'll see. So hopefully it grows on that. Uh, and let's – with that receiver battle let's let's see Hanson let's see let's see Stewart let's see them step up I rather have a young guy like a Stewart make the roster Over guy like Andre Roberts I don't think that's going to happen because I think Andre Roberts is the better receiver I also think he's the better um return option at this point just in terms of like you know one one game who do you want returning the ball I think he's the better option but Stewart's also a third round draft pick of last year um and a young guy so but the, the problem is the best coaches. They're not going to – this is not Madden. You can't just, oh, well, he's a third-round pick. He's going to develop. The other guy's 30, 30, 31, whatever. Andre Roberts says, I'm going to cut him and keep the young guy. Um, good coaches, good staffs aren't afraid to to cut their their players if they don't deserve a spot. And, yeah, he's a third-round pick of last year. But if he's if he's not in that top six or seven receivers, best receiver on the roster, he doesn't deserve to make it. So cut him. It is what it is. Um, you could easily replace him in, in free agency next year if you really want a guy who could do – who could run like he can? Uh, he, I like the aggressiveness, but you know, people talk about running after the catch, and it's really not that simple. Or, I mean, not uh, running after the catch, but, but running with the ball just in general on jet sweeps or end arounds, or even running after the catch on like a bubble screen or, or, or a smoke screen. But if, if he's so impressive with that stuff, unless say there was some injury I didn't know about last year, why is Jojo Natson getting jet sweeps over him? Uh, how does that make any sense if he's impressing the coaches? So where is he um, in the eyes of the coaches? I don't necessarily know. So let's let's see those guys um step up I would, I would like to see that and then all the other battles you know whether whether it be backup middle linebacker or, or you know fighting for time on the defensive line there's a ton of battles it's a young exciting roster uh young uh, quarterback young safety who's, just, who's gonna be a superstar great defensive lineman uh Nathan Shepard looks like he might be an animal this year so uh really 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 excited for what's coming for the Jets um Hopefully, everybody's going to go to these games and really cheer these guys on. Like I said, I, I hope i am never go to a Jets game again where I'm told to sit down. That just drives me crazy. Um, but make sure you check out all the other podcasts. You check out, if you haven't checked out the Mark Schofield um, pod with me breaking down the quarterbacks for two and a half hours, go check that out from two weeks ago in the archives. Go check out the show from last week with, with two time Pro Bowler and. Uh, defensive Rookie of the Year Eric McMillan breaking down the secondary either tomorrow or like Friday or Saturday. I'm going to release the uh, Eric, the uh, Marcus Coleman um, you know show where we break down wide receivers and tight ends. So make sure you check out that uh, just follow me on Twitter JoeRB31. Uh, if you if you listen on YouTube and you don't even use your podcast, to have to listen to this. Please just 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 go to it and subscribe anywhere. Or if you don't subscribe, so you don't want it to pop up into your feed just just give us five stars give us a little sentence or two of why you like the show we appreciate it a lot and then uh even if you the vice versa if you're listening on the podcast app go to youtube and subscribe give us a like um it helps us a lot more than than, than you think so please do that follow the other podcasts we will see you or you'll, you'll hear me in a couple of days even though i recorded a couple days before i recorded this one and then next week i'll be back with another. Uh, recap of the Jets Redskins game break down some film and have some fun so I appreciate everybody for listening um have a have a good day and uh like I said thank you